This is True Crime Psychology and Personality, where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a PhD in counselor education and supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Today's question asks if I can analyze the mental health and personality factors that may be at work in the Amy Winehouse case. Amy Winehouse was a singer who died at age 27 in 2011. Just a reminder, I'm not diagnosing anybody in this video, only speculating about what could be happening in a situation like this. If you enjoy this video, please like it, subscribe to my channel, and consider supporting me on Patreon. I'll put the link to Patreon in the description for this video. So here I'll break this video into the background for Amy Winehouse, and then I'll look at the mental health and personality factors. So starting with the background, Amy Jade Winehouse was born on September 14, 1983, in London, England. She had a number of relatives who were jazz musicians, including several uncles, and she developed an interest in jazz early in life. Her parents separated when she was nine years old. Eventually, they would get divorced. At some point, Winehouse started consuming alcohol and other substances. I've seen it reported that she started with cannabis and then moved to other substances later on. She started writing music when she was 15 and worked as an entertainment journalist. In 2000, she started singing in a jazz orchestra. She signed a deal with Island Records in 2002. She was 19 years old at the time. She would release her first album in 2003. By 2005, her use of substances would be considered heavy, and she had lost quite a bit of weight. In 2006, Winehouse struck a woman in the face after that woman criticized her. In 2007, Winehouse was hospitalized due to an overdose on a number of substances including alcohol, ketamine, ecstasy, cocaine, and heroin. That same year, she would get married only to get divorced in 2009. In 2008, Winehouse struck a man in the face. A week and a half later, she was arrested for the possession of crack cocaine after she was recorded using it in a video. She was released because the police could not prove what the substance was that was in the video. In 2009, Winehouse was arrested for an assault she committed in 2008. She was found not guilty, but later that year she would be arrested again for another assault, and this time she pled guilty. Winehouse indicated that she had manic depression, but she denied struggling with alcohol. She did a number of live performances as her substance use increased. During a number of her performances between 2008 and 2011, she appeared to have trouble remembering lyrics, she had difficulty maintaining her balance, she appeared disheveled, and she cut some of these performances short, including stopping in the middle of a song. Both her father and her manager tried to have her civilly committed, but evidently they were unsuccessful. She was intermittently treated for withdrawal symptoms and went to rehab, but she left early every time. She did not accept offers to receive mental health counseling. June 18, 2011, Winehouse was performing in Belgrade, Serbia, when she appeared to have difficulties related to intoxication. She couldn't remember the names of the members of the band or lyrics for the songs. The crowd started booing until Winehouse left the stage. July 23, 2011, Winehouse would be found dead by her bodyguard. The coroner ruled that this was a death by misadventure. This is when somebody contributes to their own death, but it is not intentional. There were no substances in her system other than alcohol. 
but there was a lot of alcohol. Her blood alcohol content was 416 milligrams per 100 milliliters of blood. The limit for driving, just for comparison, is 80 milligrams. So it is believed that she died of alcohol poisoning. Now moving to the mental health and personality factors. The death of Amy Winehouse at age 27 added her name to the so-called 27 Club, a group of musicians who died at age 27. There are many people in this category, but typically six really stand out. In addition to Winehouse, we see Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Brian Jones, Jim Morrison, and Kurt Cobain. Substances were involved in all of these deaths, most prominently alcohol and heroin. As I mentioned, Winehouse said that she had manic depression, but it's not clear if she was ever formally diagnosed with that disorder. Because she referred to herself as manic depressive during a time when the term bipolar disorder was the only term in official use, it makes me wonder if she really heard that from a clinician or from somewhere else. It could have been that she was self-diagnosing. Another theory says that Winehouse had borderline personality disorder, which I'll refer to as BPD. Now, Winehouse had lost a lot of weight during her career. Many people attributed this to substance use, but there's evidence of an underlying eating disorder that may have existed before the excessive use of substances. In 2008, Winehouse allegedly stopped using all substances except for alcohol. In a 2010 interview talking about 2008, she said, I literally woke up and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. There was a recognition of a problem here, but not a willingness to seek treatment or stop using alcohol. If she had some type of disorder related to the intake of food, which does seem likely based on the reports, this was probably a major contributor to her death. Those disorders have a high comorbidity with substance use and a notoriously high mortality rate. In addition, these disorders are often egocentric meaning the person who has the disorder doesn't recognize that they have it. From their point of view, the symptoms are normal. Bipolar disorder and BPD are also associated with an increased risk of mortality. BPD is egocentric, and bipolar disorder can be, especially during a major mood episode. Which brings me to the question I've heard many times about this case. Did Winehouse have bipolar disorder or BPD? Now, of course, there's no way I can know for sure, as she was never diagnosed, and there's no further information available on this case. It is possible that she didn't have either one, and it's possible she had both. All we can do is align certain behaviors with the symptoms of these disorders. These two disorders are often confused with one another. Misdiagnosing around these disorders is exceedingly common. It's actually a major problem in the mental health treatment community. I will look at the evidence that supports each theory, bipolar versus borderline. Bipolar disorder is characterized by episodes of mania and depression. So with mania, somebody's euphoric, irritable, they have a lot of goal-directed activity. With depression, somebody feels worthless, they don't get pleasure out of activities, they have difficulty regulating sleep and food intake. Bipolar disorder is not a personality disorder. Rather, it's a major mood disorder like major depressive disorder. Looking at evidence that points toward this disorder, well, Winehouse said that she had it, although it appears that she was a poor historian. This means that she's not good at talking about her own history, like reporting what actually happened in her life. Bipolar disorder is consistent with substance use, but so is BPD. 
There were times when she appeared to have a lot of energy, but this is quite common for performers, so it's hard to distinguish mania or hypomania from enthusiasm in situations like this. Now, depression seems a little bit more clear. Something is introduce you to Barry Clue, an authorised financial advisor from New Zealand and a very special kind of stain on humanity. He was a very uh, knowledgeable young guy. He was a registered financial advisor. Type of guy that was bending over backwards to help you. Now you could be forgiven for thinking that Barry sounds like a great guy and you'd be right. Well, right up until the point when you're wrong. It was all fictitious. She stole from my son who has a disability. Chris never knew. He died believing that we're all taken care of. A psychopath is somebody who lacks empathy, acts impulsively. I think there's a strong case that Barry might be all of those things actually. To find out how Barry Clue stole over $15 million from 81 victims, subscribe to Clueless, the long con. That's Clueless, spelt K-L-O-O-G-H-L-E-S-S. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects. Winehouse did appear to be depressed at times, but of course this could also be explained by BPD and substance use. Bipolar disorder would explain her irritability, anger, aggression, impulsivity, poor judgment, insomnia, feelings of worthlessness, and her tendency to cause harm to herself. Unfortunately, in terms of differentiation, BPD can explain all those symptoms as well. Now, looking at BPD and the evidence for that disorder, we see that BPD is a cluster B personality disorder, so it's in the dramatic erratic cluster along with histrionic narcissistic, and antisocial personality disorders. So if somebody has BPD, they're more likely to have features from those other disorders. And we see some of this here with Amy Winehouse. She had some of the features from these other disorders, not many, but still this points toward BPD. There are nine symptom criteria with BPD. Let's take a look at these and see if they align with her behavior. First, we have frantic efforts to avoid abandonment. This one isn't clear but her relationship with her husband was quite tumultuous and some of the other relationships she had. So it's often theorized that she did make these efforts to avoid being abandoned. Next one is unstable relationship pattern that involves idealization and devaluation. Similarly, it's been reported she has this one. The next one is identity disturbance. So this is when somebody has difficulty forming their self-image. This one seems like it's a match for her behavior. Impulsivity in at least two areas that can be self-damaging. This one seems to be met. Suicidal behavior. 
She did have prior attempts in her history. Affective instability. This one seems clear. This is emotional dysregulation. And she had a lot of difficulty keeping her emotions in check. A chronic feeling of emptiness. This one is related to depression, and it seems to be present here. Inappropriate or intense anger or difficulty controlling anger. Of all of these symptoms, this one is probably the most clear. We see the history of many arrests for aggression. And the last one here is paranoid ideation or dissociation. She did apparently have periods of paranoia. So one could make an argument that all of these symptoms align with the behavior we see with Amy Winehouse. In looking at these two disorders, it becomes clear why it's so hard to differentiate them in some cases. There are a few other characteristics that can help distinguish them. Behavior where somebody hurts themselves is more common with BPD. 85% of people with BPD will do this. Only 50% of those with bipolar disorder will. So this kind of points toward BPD. A trauma history is much more associated with BPD. 50 to 80% of individuals with that disorder will have a trauma history as compared to just 15% of those with bipolar disorder. Winehouse appears to have had a tough time coping with her parents' divorce. There's a lot of debate about whether something like that can actually be traumatizing or not, but regardless whether it's technically a traumatic event, it would be a stressor that could contribute to BPD because it involves a perceived rejection and a destabilization of relationships. The symptoms of BPD are often related to relational stress, so stress that occurs in the context of typically a romantic relationship. Whereas with bipolar disorder, we see episodes of mania and depression. And when we don't see those episodes, we would see euthymia. So this is a period of time where the person's behavior is relatively normal, although we still see symptoms of bipolar disorder, even when somebody is in a euthymic phase. This factor appears to point more toward BPD because the relational stressor component. Winehouse was in a stormy marriage that involved violence and substance use. Her husband went to prison in 2008 for assault and obstruction of justice. Selecting undesirable mates is fairly common with both BPD and bipolar disorder, but it's more common with BPD. We also see that half of the mates of people with BPD have antisocial personality features. So what was going on in a situation like this? Weighing everything, BPD seems to be the most likely, but it really is impossible to know, as I mentioned. One could make a good argument for any of the theories related to this case. So now taking a look at her personality, I conceptualized personality using the five-factor model. I remember the five big traits through the acronym OCEAN. Openness to experience, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. So with Amy Winehouse, we see a very high level of openness to experience. She was intellectually curious. She appreciated the arts. She was creative and invested in fantasy. We see low conscientiousness. She did not have a particularly good work ethic. We also see the assaults on other people and the substance use. So a lot of evidence to kind of point toward low conscientiousness. With extroversion, we see a high level. She was assertive, friendly, gregarious, but not many positive emotions. So that one split a little bit, but overall, it would still be a high score. For agreeableness, we see a mid-range. When she was intoxicated, of course, it looked much lower, but personality really can't be measured when somebody 
is under the influence of substances. And with neuroticism, we see a high level. She was angry, depressed, anxious, and had difficulty resisting temptation. Unfortunately, the story of Amy Winehouse is all too familiar. A talented person becomes too famous and too wealthy too quickly. She seemed disillusioned with fame and disoriented by all the changes in her life that came with the live performances and the recording of albums and everything involved with being a high-profile musician. She may have been trying to mask the pain of a pre-existing psychopathology with substances. When somebody has comorbid mental health and substance use issues, there's always this debate about what came first. Did they have a substance use problem and then later develop a disorder? Or did they have a disorder and try to treat it with substance use? In this case, it does appear as though Winehouse had mental health symptoms prior to her excessive use of substances. No one around Amy Winehouse was effective at preventing her death, but there is evidence that they did try to help her. Actually, it appears as though people around her tried to help her many times. Now, often when people die under circumstances related to substance use, people will say, oh, if I just would have known, if we could have known what was going on, we could have stopped it. But in the case of Amy Winehouse and many other famous musicians, the whole world knew. Everybody around her knew. But we still saw a negative outcome. In the end, it was her decisions that caused her death. But those decisions were potentially influenced heavily by egocentric illnesses. This case reminds us of the importance of addressing the dilemma of these types of disorders. When should society have the authority to step in and mandate treatment? Wherever that line is, wherever that point is when society can step in, it seems to be significantly shifted in the case of celebrities. So their wealth and status does not afford them protection in this dimension. People really don't have a good way to prevent them from causing harm. So the wealth and fame don't protect them from themselves. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. Allegedly is back for season two, a new crime every time. In each episode of Allegedly, you'll hear a crime told to you by the person who experienced it intermingled with actor portrayals, original music, immersive soundscapes, to create a cinematic experience for your ear. Season 2's stories include a young woman finding salvation in God, only to realize the leader of her church was running a sex cult, a case of a con artist swindling a kindly older man until he couldn't do anything to stop her, a landlord exploiting a mentally disabled man and keeping him a virtual prisoner, an act of bullying spinning a promising young man's life into total chaos, and a luxury boat captain inexplicably detained in a foreign prison with seemingly no hope of ever getting out. New episodes release every other week. Look for Allegedly from Voyage Media anywhere you listen to podcasts.